the right place. You're at the right place today. You're at the right place. This is a scripture we've been saying every Sunday, Psalms 37, 4 and 5. Delight also, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and the secret petitions of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Roll, repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in him, and he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. I'm going to talk a little bit today, well, a couple of things, about is your heart in the right place? Is your heart in the right place? You know, being frustrating, being frustrated but know that God is your Father is a walk that uh, believers sometimes have trouble in walking in faith in that. There is frustration. Many people have not seen the results they had expected or hoped for last year, this year. You know, don't raise your hand, but I mean, if you had expectations or thought things would be different, but they are not. Some of them may be even worse. That is a cause of frustration. About, I'm going to be real transparent. I shared this. I was uh, speaking at a conference last weekend. I was not uh, sipping lemonade at home. But I, I was uh, at a conference Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Denver, Colorado, and I, I shared this. And so last night, I just thought that it came on my heart, so I felt like I needed to share it with our own church family. About six months ago, I was just, well, let me back up. I've had this vision board in my office for several years. Christina can maybe help me remember, but it's been in my board, and it's a board with about 15 different things on it, pictures and things that uh, I just believe in God for. It's about 15, give or take. And uh, so I've nonchalantly over the last few years, you know, I look at it and just think, well, just believe in God for it. But then come January this past year, man, I, I jumped on it like I never have before. I mean, every, just about every week I would bring it before God and think about it and just be excited about it. And then a month would roll by, nothing. Another month would roll by, nothing. And so I was getting frustrated to the point that I turn music on and I walk in this sanctuary a lot. I'm surprised there's not a path. But um, I just went before God and I said, and I was getting really spiritual. And I said, listen. And now, first of all, let me back up even a bit more. I was just getting bored with life, bored in every area of my life, just bored, just bored. If you look at me, nobody would know, and I didn't tell anybody, but I was just bored with everything, bored with life. And so I just told God, I said, listen, you know, and I know that I'm bored. And I believe that if you could fulfill this vision, this would bring what I was planted on this earth for. I believe this is why I'm on this earth is for that vision board and for it to come to pass. And listen, God, then I got stupid. I said, listen, if this is just some fairy tale or something, if this isn't going to come to pass, you, why don't you just, let's just call this a done deal and I go to heaven, even in the room. But I knew he was, but it was just like, hmm. So I kept 
worshiping God, praying day after day after day and talking to God. And, and uh, I didn't bring that up anymore, but uh, I just felt like, you know, okay, we'll just put that on the shelf, act like it never happened, I guess, Father, you know. And then a few weeks went by. A few days, probably not weeks, a few days went by. I was walking in here, and I, the worship song was Graves to Gardens. I don't know if you're familiar with that song, but it came on, Graves to Gardens. And there is a line in this. I wrote it down so I wouldn't get it wrong. It says, every desire is now satisfied here in your love. And then it sings, nothing is better than you. Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Man, if God was standing in front of me, it wouldn't have been more real. That line just pierced my heart. I mean, I've heard that song a thousand times, but not like this time. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, you have elevated your desires above me, myself. And I'm sure no one's here ever done that, but. He said, that's basically what you said, and that's what you're believing. And all of our desires have to be fulfilled in his love, not the actual desire themselves. Did you get that? All of us have desires, and there's nothing wrong with desires. God, the Bible says that he'll fulfill our desires. That's a promise of God, that he will fulfill our desires. But he does have a problem with it where you elevate the desire above him himself. Are you following? In other words, the desire is more important than him. For me to be happy in life, I have to have this because this isn't enough. Ouch. So that's the way God dealt with me, you know. Like, so what you're saying is the desire, Mike, is more than me. You need the desire to fulfill your life. It needs to be happening because I'm not able to fulfill your life. Last week when I was speaking, before I was speaking, I was praying about the, the conference I was going to be in. And man, early in the morning, the Lord just showed me about our heart. You know, have you ever heard people say, you know, you can have things, you just got to make sure the things don't have you. What does that even mean? And does that mean you can have something, but, you know, well, I really don't like this that much. Yeah, you know, I got a brand new car. Yeah, it's just a car. It's just, I don't really like that that much. You know, I've never responded like that. I get a new car. Oh, you smell that new car? Oh, that's what's heaven going to smell like right there, right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit weird. But anyway, I never, people, what does it mean that things don't have you? I just never just... I just, I've heard that preached so many times, and I just go, yes, glory to God, amen. What does that mean? But the Lord showed me what that really, here's a good illustration. Are you ready? You know, your heart, you know, most of us think that in the spiritual realm, it is so different than the natural realm. Things aren't the same size. Things aren't the same. We just relate. When we think spiritual things, we try to relate it to the natural, and it just, you, you can't. You can't. Now, you can give some illustrations to try to 
get you to think that way. But in reality, you, the, the spiritual realm is so different from the natural realm. And so this is like, okay, you ready? Let's just say your heart. If you could step out of the natural realm and step into the spiritual realm, your heart would be the size of the ocean. As big as the ocean. And then this is the problem the Lord showed me. He says, you can take, let's just say you want four or five houses. You like a mansion in Florida and the mountains and Kentucky. You just like a mansion everywhere. But this is the problem. You take the mansion and put it in the ocean. Boom. I mean, it just swallows it up. You can take 14 sports cars and you can drive them off in the ocean. Boom. And they just are swallowed up. You can take anything and everything that you can think of materialistically and throw it in the ocean and it just gets swallowed up. In other words, none of that can fill the ocean. None of that can fill your heart. Only God himself can fill that ocean. Only God himself can fill your heart. Are you hearing me? Now, if you're like me, when you hear some revelation like that, then you go to the ditch in the other direction. Oh, I shouldn't desire stuff then. I mean, I shouldn't desire a car. I shouldn't desire a big house. I just shouldn't desire. And you know, the Lord just reminded me of the scripture. You remember the story of David and Bathsheba, that whole Bathsheba thing? You know, he committed adultery, committed murder, you know, and then the Lord just got the prophet to him and said, listen. I didn't give him this scripture, but I wrote it down. 2 Samuel 12, 18. He said, I gave, God goes to, Moses, or to David and says, I gave you your master's house, your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. You know what that means? God doesn't care how much stuff you have or what, how much stuff you want. He told David, he says, you did this. And if you would have came to me before that, if, if you needed something else to keep you from sinning, I would have gave it to you. You don't hear that preached too much, but it's in the Bible. God doesn't care about you. And people go, yeah, you know, I don't want to say it in church, but you know, I like to have a sports car. Shh, don't tell anybody. And then, you know, if somebody gets a sports car, they never want to drive it around church people. Ah, where'd you get that? Walmart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But anyway, my point is this. God doesn't, I mean, we should be blessed when people get blessed. John 10, 10, God said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have came, I have come that you may have life and have it, the amplified, to the full, to its overflowing. It's too much. He wants you to enjoy life. God knows I like sports cars, so I don't think he has a problem with me having one. This is the problem. When you are going to try to take that sports car and put it in the place of God in your heart. That's where the problem is. Why? Because it can't, full, it can't fill your heart. Now, does that make sense? I mean, that made so much sense to me when God gave me that illustration. I go, got it. 
So you just got to make sure. What are you trying to fill your... You need to be... Your heart needs to be in the right place. It's an ocean. No desire that you have can fill that heart of yours. Nothing. I said nothing can fill the heart. Charles Spurgeon, he had this quote. I just came across it. Wasn't even looking for it. Let me see if I can find it. It says this. It's someplace here. God has so made man's heart that nothing can ever fill it but God himself. Charles Spurgeon. God says he'll, he'll give you the desires of your heart. He wants you, he wants me to have desires. But you just need to have everything in its perspective and in its right place. Because if you're looking for the, your desire, even spiritual, like I thought, this is some of the things that I have on my vision board are half of it. I'm going to say at least I haven't divided it up, but half of it is for other people and for the city of Pueblo. So I thought, this ain't just about me, God. So I thought I was being real spiritual. I don't care how spiritual. There is no spiritual thing that is bigger than Jesus himself. You're making that an idol. Mm. Anything outside of Jesus, is you're making that an idol. Yeah, people say, oh, we don't have idol worship. Oh, it's alive and well. Anything outside of Jesus that you're trying to fill is an idol. Anyway, so I, I was real frustrated over these last few months. And frustration is a typical result when a desired goal is not seen or accomplished. Frustration is usually the result of looking at the negative instead of the positive. It's not trusting in him. Anytime we're not trusting in God, it's going to be easy to be frustrated. So we have to change our outlook. We have to change our perspective. This is why it's good to hear messages on being thankful for what you have. Being thankful for vision and things that dreams that God gives you, but never to elevate them above Jesus himself. You'll be disappointed. Frustrations can come from having more people to see, more meetings to attend, more decisions to make, more places to go, more chores to do, more assignments to do than you have time for. And you just get frustrated. But God wants you to know where is your heart. The first thing is you need to know one thing. You're being in the family of God, that means your heart is in the right place if you know you're part of the family of God. What does that mean to be part of the family of God? You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins, that he paid the price, that he made everything right between you and God. You are born again. That's having your heart in the right place. And once you know that your heart's in the right place, do you know? We, we just as believers need to have our eyes opened up 
more and more and more. I've been praying this, you know, in Ephesians 1, 16 and 3, 16. It says, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you may know. Your eyes need, you know, because I know you've heard me preach this so many times. You know, instead of begging God to come down and do something, no, you need to be awakened to what he has already done. What has he already done? Oh, my goodness. This week, the Lord showed me something else. I'm just going to be just throw it up on all of you, what I got this week. You know the story when Moses said, uh, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And the Lord said, okay, I'll do that. And there was a cleft of the rock. Probably took him to the Rockies. He got him inside this big cliff, and there was a crevice inside of it, and he put Moses inside of that. So you're getting the picture? Then this is what he told Moses. He said, now, I'm going to put my hand over you and then pass by because I don't, you, you won't be able to see the front of me and live. We're talking Old Testament believer, Old Covenant. You understand where we're at? So then he left his hand go, and Moses got to see his backside, and God said this, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. He didn't say glory, but he interchanged the word glory with goodness. So anytime you see the word glory in the word of God, you can translate it as goodness, and it'll be the right translation because that's what God himself did. So God said, I want you to see how good I am. I don't know what that, I don't know, understand that totally. I don't understand that exactly. But I do know one thing. God wanted Moses to see at least a portion, at least a portion of his goodness. Now, the Lord said, you're not under the old covenant, Mike. And he gave me this picture. Would God ever put his hand over Jesus to hide something from him? That's not a trick question. You can can respond. As one man said, you're not on TV. This is live. I can see your faces. (laughs) Would God ever put his hand over Jesus to keep something from him that he couldn't see that God had? Would he ever hide that from Jesus? No. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. He that is joined to the Lord Jesus Christ, he that is joined to the Lord Jesus Christ, he that is joined to to Jesus is one spirit. So you and Jesus are one. 100% Jesus, 100% you, intertwined together. When the devil looks at you, he can I can't see Jesse. I, I can just see Jesus. I just see Jesus. Oh, come on now. When he looks at you in the spiritual realm, he doesn't even see you. He sees, I thought we crucified that guy 2,000 years ago, but I see him in her, and I see him in her, and I see him in her, and I see him in him. I say, oh, this is a lot worse than just having one Jesus to take care of. And, you know, some people think, oh, that's blasphemous. Then you need to get born again. Because if it's just you, then you're not born again. 
He that is triumphant. Look it up. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Look it up. Whether you can write it down and go study at home. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So this is the thing. God is not withholding anything from Jesus. He sees him exactly. Oh, thank you. There she pulled it up. He sees. Jesus sees God for everything that he is. All of his goodness, all of his healing, all of his favor, all of his prosperity, all of his kindness, all of his patience, all of his joy, all of his faithfulness, all, in the, all of everything. First, uh, Galatians 5.23, all, all the fruit of the Spirit. He sees 100% all that God is. And the Lord says, I want my kids to take off the veil of anything that they think wrongly about me because now we don't have the hand of God covering us. We have the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus has made you and me righteous so that we can see God the way that he wants us to see him. Now listen, it's going to take all of eternity to be able to understand what I just said. But the problem is a lot of people are waiting to die and get to heaven before they start. God wants us to start seeing him now. If he showed Moses in the old covenant his backside, well, honey, let's at least look at the backside. Are you hearing me? How good is God? I made this statement last week. Nobody's going to get to heaven and go, well, I overestimated how good he was. You know, I just really overestimated that. Nobody's going to say that. Just, okay. Nobody's going to, you're not going to hear those words in heaven. Yeah, I just thought he was too good. I mean, he really wasn't that good. Yeah, nobody's going to say that in heaven. Everybody's going to be crying going, he's so much better. He's so much better. He's so much better. So we may... We may you, you just might want to start now thinking that God is a lot better than what you've been thinking he is. I said you may start changing the way that you think that God is a lot better than what you think he is. It will change your perspective. We need to change the way that we see God. God, help us as Rocky Mountain Family Church. Help us to see God the way that he wants us to see him. You know, 20 years ago, I didn't see God the way that I see him today. When I was a kid, I just thought God was just the most boring person on the planet. And I really didn't want to have any interaction with him because he may kill me. How many kids? I mean, mean, you just thought, because I used to do things wrong quite often. I know, it's, I know if some of you go, no, I, I know, really. It's kind of hard to, to imagine. But anyway, I did. I'm confessing right now. And so you think that, man, I could die any time right now. God could just suck the air right out of me, boom, and there he goes. Why? Because I just didn't know that that whole relationship thing It's like, did you want to have a relationship with, do you really want to have a relationship with somebody you think can just suck the air right out of you? I mean, who wants to go, hey, you want to go have coffee? No, I'm good. Lunch? No, not hungry. We haven't eaten in two days. Yeah, I know. 
I'm still not going to go have lunch with somebody that can kill me dead. Because I mean, what if I say something wrong? What if I get into his presence and say something stupid? Because you know, I've been known to say stuff stupid in public so to regular folks. So what if I get in his presence and say something stupid? I mean, <laughs> one slap from God, I mean, you're done. You're done. I mean, it's not like, oh, that hurt. No, you're done. Here lies Mike. But it's the whole perspective thing. When God is a loving father, is God the most awesome? I mean, you want to see one side. Listen to me. I preach a lot of grace. I preach God as the most awesome father. But you also need to see him as God that can scare people's spitness because of his awesomeness. Why do you need to see that? Because you need to know that's the kind of God that whipped the devil. You need to know that's the kind of God that defeats sickness. You need to know that's the kind of God that defeated every part of the enemy. He's not a mamby-pamby God. He's so magnificent and big, and, man, he can take the devil and just scrape him through the uh, a knot hole backwards and just ring him up and just, and then he goes, I didn't even do that. I just got one of my angels to do that. God, he says, I would never stoop so low to mess with the devil from here on out. You need to see that side of God as one bad, bad dude. I mean, just bad. I mean, when he shows up, you know, all darkness and or like little imps. <laughs> running away, running away. That's why God doesn't fight. He doesn't have to fight the devil. He's defeated foe. You need to see God. That, that's the side of God. You need it. God takes his hand off. He says, you need to see that. That's who I am. You know why? Because if you see God that magnificent, that big, that bad, cancer looks so tiny and minute. Sickness looks so insignificant. Problems just look, you're talking about massive God who is just the creator of all things. You need to see him in all of his glory, his bigness and awesomeness. And you just think, oh, man, sickness. Oh, wow, you're so little. Getting your needs met. Oh, my goodness. You imagine God thinking that, yeah, I'm going to meet your needs. I don't know if you can do it. You haven't seen how awesome he is. Marital problems. Yeah, but this one's big. Yeah. God's up in heaven going, hmm. You'll never hear a God go, hmm. Or, ah, I didn't think of that. You're never going to hear certain things in heaven. Your problem is not too big, but you don't know how, how many bad things I've done. Yeah, the blood of Jesus it's just can't cover that. <laughs> it wouldn't be so funny if people didn't think that. We need to see God. He wants us to see him. He wants us to see who he really is, how good he really is, how bad he is, how good he is. Ooh, you know what I mean by bad. I mean, just like, you know, you know, when we were growing up, we'd go, go that car is bad, man. I mean, it's just bad to the bone. <laughs> Be still, my soul. <laughs> we were coming to church this morning. This is off the subject. We were coming to church at a red light in this little bitty puddle jumper or whatever. It was a little bitty thing, car. And, and he just went, 
and I, went, I just started laughing. I go, that's a lawnmower engine. My riding lawnmower sounds badder than that thing. And I just busted out laughing. Melody didn't have a clue what was going on inside my brain. But anyway, I just, <laughs> oh, he thinks that's a car. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. But anyway, you, you, there's just some things that you think that God, man, I mean, he's just so, he's not a lawnmower engine. He's a nuclear thing that just, when you walk within a mile, you just, what is the sound of that hum? It's par. It's par. God is so powerful. He is so powerful. He's so, I mean, we have to see him, all of his power. And why does he want you to see that power? Because all that he is, he put in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father God, and he wants you and me to have a revelation that Jesus Christ is now in you. All of his power, all of his glory, and all of his love, and all of his goodness is now inside of you and me. People are just praying and waiting. God, oh God. You don't need to ask God to do something, you need to have a revelation of what he already did. And he lives big in you. Let's stand. That was a good introduction. We'll pick up here maybe next week. I'm not going anywhere for at least a month. So, praise God. It's good to be home for those who've been here a couple of weeks. I'm not the visiting pastor. I am the pastor. Been a while since I've been gone two weeks in a row. But it's good to be back. We're thankful. Thankful for the church family. We're going to pray for you today. If there's anything in your heart that you want prayer about, didn't have to be about what the message was about. But, you know, if you just want, I'm just praying and believing that God will show you where your heart is. Just to show you where your heart is. You know, there's some things that I thought that I knew, and we'll go into it next week, that I had no clue. You know, you think you've been doing this for 30 years or more, and you think you may know a couple of things. And then the Lord pulls back a curtain, and you go, okay, didn't see that coming. And he pulled back the, the curtain on my heart. He said, there's a couple of things I want you to see about your heart, Mike. Man, be ready when you pray that because there's some things he may show you just go like, well, that was ugly. Only reason he shows you something is because any dark little closet in your heart, he wants you, you're the only one that has the ability to open the door, let the light in. Why? The more that we see God for what he truly is, the more victory you will have in your everyday life. That's what, he, that's what he wants. It's not just about us worshiping and serving God. No, it's about you having victory here on planet Earth in Pueblo, Colorado. He wants you to have victory in every area of your life over your emotions, over 
Okay, I'm going to stop. If you need prayer on my left and on your right, these people will pray for you. Amen? But between now and next Sunday, you start praying this. God, show me my heart. Because I don't know my heart. You may think you know it. Trust me, you don't. You don't. But God wants you to see some things. Why? So you can start thinking differently. Did you know that's what the word repent means? The word repent means to think differently than the way you've been thinking. That's why people sin and need to repent is because they thought wrong. They thought like me that a certain desire can take the place of God. And so you sin thinking this will make me happy or this will take the place of God. You don't say that, but that's what you're thinking. And God says you need to repent, which means, no, you don't think this way. You need to think the way that God thinks. So you do 180 degrees. That's called repentance. You change the way that you think because sin can never fill the ocean. Only God. Father, we pray for these people in Jesus' name, myself included. Everyone that is here and everybody is watching, we pray in the name of Jesus. Revelation to come forth. Eyes to be open, light to spring forth, like the sun arising over the horizon. May light, it may start very small, like the sun just barely peeking over, but eventually it becomes high noon and it shines bright. May that light of the love of God shine on our heart that we may know, that we may see. Help us, God, I pray, because it's your will, your desire for us to live in victory. We are not subject, subject to, the, to the circumstances of life, whether or not we have joy. We are only subject to God himself, and that's where our joy comes from, and therefore no one can take that joy away. May it be known that we <clears throat> have embraced your love. We embrace your love today. May we see you in a different light that we've never seen before in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen.